professional only. You live? We are live. Yeah. Should we say hello? Hello. I should do. <laughs> hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Hash Rugby Chat. Hi, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving More, your best place for your predictions and opinion. And uh, tonight we are going to be doing our end of season reports for um, Australia, South Africa, and um, the other place where? Argentina. Argentina. Um, Argentina. We've also heard some rumours around what might happen to the future of structure of Super Rugby. So we'll have a, a little natter about that. And if we have time, then we may be talking about whether we show a waterfront stadium in Auckland or not. Hey, hey Arshwin, since, since that was what we were talking about just now, <laughs> we can always uh, skip back and have yeah, a quick yeah. chat about that and tell Arshwin how he's wrong, because Eden Park is not such a wonderful place. It is. Um, it's not. Um, it is. Anyway, without any further ado, um, that's Arshwin over there. Um, Hello, everybody. <laughs> in his um, Rugby World Cup um, 2015 jersey from, um, yeah. from the warehouse. Because that's where they were selling them, at least, I think. Um, I don't know. I probably got it as a present. Did you? Oh, okay. Yeah. Same here, but... I usually don't buy clothes because I'm cheap. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> my ex bought it from the warehouse when it was cheap. Um, and, and Steve Harris, how are you doing, sir? No, very good. I only own two shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, but I do wash them on a daily basis. I just swap them out. Oh, oh so there's um, another smell there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in, his, uh, in his Northland, uh, Northland jersey there. Um, so is, is 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 that some sort of referees one or something? Or, or how would you pick that one up? Oh, no, no, just a you know, player issue. You know. Player issue. Player yeah. issue. Yeah. <laughs> from about 1990. <laughs> probably about 10 years old. But if you jump on the Northern website, you might be able to buy some merchandise. Still. Um, Still. <laughs> Good pitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, we, as you can probably guess, uh, it's, this, this, was, this was pre-GPS days. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hang on. Yeah, there's no little pocket at the back there. <laughs> so, um, end of season reports. Let's start off with um, Australia then. And uh, I'm going to throw it over to you. I'll show you the furthest away. How, 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 how do you think their season went? Um, D could try harder. <laughs> it's really, it's, it's really, it's, it's um, yeah, not, not too difficult to, I suppose, sum up Australia really, is it? And the fact that uh, it really is just, a, I suppose, you give them a D. You could go worse. You wouldn't go higher. Um, and I, you know, when you when you analyse some of the things that we've said over the previous shows uh, about Australia, it is basically does come down to could try harder because we we believe as a starting fifteen anyway, they have the player capability to at least put up a better performance. Well, especially when you look at that team and go, there's there's, there's not that many players different. Than the team that made it to the Rugby World Cup back in 2015. In the final. In the finals, yeah, sorry. Absolutely. Yeah, made it to, not just made it to the World Cup. Yeah, Australia the, always made it to the World Cup. That year they made it to the final. The final. <laughs> um, oh, go on, you're, you're, yeah, you're think, wrinkling your, your brow I, at me. I think, I think Warren Gatlin pretty much summed it up. You, you really just sit back and wait until they make mistakes. And that's, that's been the unfortunate thing for this. Australia, this Australian team, they are very much capable. They they actually they have got some attack in them, and they've got some really good attackers. Attackers, and you know, obviously Israel Folau, he's as he's as good as any. He'd, he'd probably walk into most into, into most, most international teams, most yeah. international teams yeah. around the world. I just just some of the players that they've put in in and out have just struck me as journey, journeymen. So Jer- who would you who would you pick out of that? Um, well. Put you on the spot. Oh, you, you probably, <laughs> probably did. You know, originally Reese, Reese, Reese Hodge. Yeah, but, I, I, that, but that was because he was being used in the wrong position, right? Yeah, well, exactly. Well, yeah. that could be probably more more the problem. I I do like the look of um, Karevi. He's he, he is so good with uh, with ball in hand, but he's a little bit like a turnstile when it comes to defence. Comes to de- defence, though. I know usually there's. I'm just trying to think of the second five. Kurandrani, I think, was the the centre. and Kurandrani both of have both been injured, unfortunately, this season, which, yeah. is, which yeah. caused him a problem at 13. Obviously, uh, we have Beal at 12. Uh, unfortunately for me, he... Uh, and I guess this just probably goes back for the best part of 10 years we've, we, because we used to have sort of Beal, James O'Connor, uh, Adam Ashley Cooper, and you're kind of like, well, these are all really good guys. They're really good players, and we've still got them now with Flau, Dame Helmut, Petty, uh, um, players where, right, we're going to fit them somewhere in the back line, but I don't know where they're going to fit because... They, they don't. So, okay, they they so can play too many positions. If you if you go back, so if you go back to the seventies, eighties, etc. as well, and Australian teams, obviously well before professional rugby at all. Um, so you know you could say it's a different environment, but 
one thing that Australia's always had is the fact is that we've got a pool of talent that is really good, but not necessarily we've got a back to fit this position. So they've always shuffled their players around within their back line, if you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the fact is that, but they're intellectual players. They've always been, you know, Australian. When you look at the, um, where they come from within the, uh, the system, they're coming through the private school system or public school system, depending on what part of the world you're in, but the paid school system. Mm-hmm. They're intellectual players, and they can understand this. This is my position today, and this is the role that I've got to play. They didn't necessarily have to play that position day in, day out. Mm-hmm. So even now, they have got the player stocks to do it. One name we haven't even mentioned is, um, you know, first season sort of in rugby, the full season, Corbetti, right? Yeah, yeah. So the player stocks in the back line are definitely there. They struggle a bit at first five, but not not an insurmountable hurdle, I think. Yeah, we we know they've got a lot of attack in them, but you no, know, we mentioned mentioned players. Somebody like Kirtley, Kirtley Beal is a wonderful player, but we also know he's a heck of a liability when it when it comes to defence, and that seems to be a, a common, common thing. Yeah, thread. common thread with a lot of their with a lot of their backline options. You know, I just mentioned Kirby before, great attacker. Yeah, once again gets gets caught out. Defensively, yes. yeah, they've yeah. got a, they've got a lot of attack in them. They they have to really address their defence. If you think of the before they started the end of season tour, both against England and New Zealand, ironically they they conceded 37, 37 points in those two tests. You know that's that's just not, not good enough. Nah. And yet against Wales, they only conceded they only conceded um, the three penalties, nine points. But I actually thought that game in that game they were the more likely Scored they up. were more likely team, but. You once again think back to those opportunities when they played the All Blacks earlier in the year. I can think of that very first test where the All Blacks would get half a sniff. They'd be scoring at the other end where the Australians would actually make good clean breaks, but a pass would be put down. So there were just there were just little things. I know um, there's been a lot of um, investment gone into their their skills coach, ex ex guy who was with New Zealand, McBurn. Yep, yep. yep. I, I can see little incremental improvements, but I reckon the guy at the moment to should be counting his lucky stars that he's got his, got a job as their defensive coach, Nathan Gray. Seriously? One of which is, I think it's ironic, that the lowest scoring game of the winter, of the November internationals, was the one was, was a game that was under the roof and not affected by wet weather. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is ironic. But some just some, some things from the live chat. Uh, um, uh, Ronin Rugby uh, says that they should wear terrific jerseys to match their rugby. And I'm not quite sure which jerseys <laughs> he's referring to. Uh, yeah. But um, they're having some strange ones. Uh, Will Carter, I think Australia are not far off the mark. Uh, one year is time to fix things. They'll be good at the World at the World Cup. They all um, they always are. Yeah, I think we need to be a bit careful about some of these kind of like um, things we say. Like uh, France always turns to every World Cup. They've kind of been slipping over the last couple. You've got to say with Australia hitting their lowest ever world ranking um, th- this November. Uh, it's, it's how terminal that really is, and how much you can turn, how much can you turn around in one year? I guess is the question. They, mark. they could turn around in one year. They, they as we've just alluded to, yeah. Yeah. defense is something you should be able to yeah. fix if you get the right structures in place, so, right? Um, so, they, they, and that's what we're sort of saying. Hey, look, that's the, probably the, one of the biggest problems. Um, the problem is that you can see that it's going to be hard to fix in a year with the same management team. Is the team culture? They're, you know, how do you change a team culture? And for the guys that are there to buy into this new culture under the old management, you know, well, I mean, this question is, is do, do they need a new culture? I mean, this is the same crowd that I say made through the World Cup final last time around. Um, just because they take women back to their, their hotels and break rules, does that? I mean, it's, it's uh, and the senior players as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, maybe they're, they're um, culture, but uh, you, you come on to one of the pieces that's up there in the chat. Uh, one solo checkers abilities are the question for me. Um, uh, Christian goes Australians get rid of checker. Um, um, Charlene says uh, Ella brothers. I wonder why checker hasn't used his mouse in the attack for the um, for the Aussies. And let's be honest, uh, um, Ella uh, even coached was the attack coach for England against Australia a couple of years ago on a temporary basis. Uh, is does does check out something against? Is, is, isn't he his own countryman? No, well, is, is, is he a Ramwick boy or where's because yeah, he is a Ramwick boy. Yeah. So you'd think that he would be that player, people like Ella are players he could he could actually drag in and, and use. He's probably getting a lot of advice from a whole multitude of people at the moment, and I think he's just wanting wanting to have trust in the 
the people that he's that he's got on got on board, which is really crazy. This is something we should forget. And you mentioned their record at the Rugby World Cup. I think they've probably got the second most best record behind the All Blacks. Maybe a couple of yeah. couple of Rugby World Cups, and there's multiple times they've actually so they've, they've, won, gone, they've gone deep into the competition well, as well. So they've got two World Cup titles, and they've got a final, right? So they've made three appearances against England in 2003, and so they lost the final there. Right. And they lost the final. And they lost the final to All Blacks in 2015. Yeah, so I was going to say four trips. Yeah. Four trips to find uh, the the yeah, big yeah. dance. Yeah, who who's in there? Paul at the rugby rugby world cup. Wales and Fiji mm. and Georgia. Um, but but um, I'm, I'm I'm looking at that Fiji Australia game. Uh, I think it's. I'm trying to remember if that's the opening round or not. So yeah. so Fiji would be fully rested. Uh, there's no short turnaround, so depth of squad isn't a problem for them. I that could be one of the biggest games of the world cup. Mm. Uh, Fiji, could they make it into that quarter, into those quarterfinals? It is the right. So I mean, like we'll digress from the three teams that we're doing end of the season report on, but Fiji, when we're going a year ahead, your Fiji, do you do you do you rest your players against Wales and target Australia, or do you actually have a go at both Wales and Australia because you just need to win one of those games, don't you? Well, as I say, I think from memory um, that the that the Fiji. Australia game is actually the first game right. um, that they play. So, ah, it, so it actually lines up so nicely hence, for so Fiji. Hence, so, so hence you, you go for that one and yep. just see. And, um, and you get a second crack against Wales. If you need to. And they've just beaten France. Yeah, yeah. We shouldn't we should forget that these teams will be geared and ready for the World Cup. I mean, so that was a great result from <clears throat> Fiji against France. But it's, you know, it's, it's a team coming towards the end of its season in Fiji, which makes it an even more meritorious win. But... Also, the French, gee, the French can be the French. Sometimes they're, they're more than capable of losing yeah. to Tonga in World Cup and almost unlucky not to knock the All Blacks over. Over here in 2011. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know, it's next year is a completely different year. We never, we never, you know, sometimes <laughs> we never remember what we. Oh no! Fish and chip paper. What we did last week. Well, I, I think you go leading into 2011. The All Blacks lost their last rugby championship game against. The Australians and the, so the Australians actually won the rugby championship in 2011. Yeah, right. I, I think I'm not 100 sure on that, but there's something along those lines um, that sticks in my head. Like that um, one thing I think Australia has to address just in their forwards as well. I don't really know if they've quite got that loose forward mix. Yeah, mix correct. Yeah. I mean, so I'm a huge fan of I don't know whether he's injured or not. But I'm a massive fan of Scott Higginbotham, man. I just think he... Oh, wow. Oh, that's, wow. A, that's not where I thought you were going. No, I, mean, I didn't know. Uh, yeah. And I'm not too sure why he's not in the mix or whether he's interested. Maybe one of our learned followers, followers of the show can tell well, us. I think I think he's a superb number eight. Big physical get you on the game line. And just let Pocock be a seven because I don't think those two sevens were... I don't think they're, no, getting, enough, not working for them. I don't think they're getting enough value out of, out of Hooper as well. I mean, to say... I, I think he's been nowhere near his best this year. And then there's the other tall, rangy flanker that's on the other side of the scrum. Oh, Dem- Dem- Dempsey, I think. Is yeah, oh, Dempsey. I thought you were going to with, with, with um, Ned Hannigan. Yeah, oh, Hannigan. That's what I was saying. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, actually, everyone, um, please book out the 21st of September next year now because it is potentially the biggest day bar the, um, uh, bar the whatever it is, bar anything else. Um, don't know, what, what's, your, what's your problem? This is, we've just lost the... No, we're still all good. We're still alive. Okay, um, cool. So, uh, so, so uh, the, the opening game is, yeah. is Japan. No, something's um, gone, man. Is Japan, Russia. Yeah. It's all looking good on there, so we're, good. we're still alive. We're still okay. going. Cool. Um, so Japan, Russia uh, is the opening on the Friday. And on the Saturday, we have Australia, Fiji, followed by France, Argentina, which would be a key one in that one because England are obviously the top of that group. Um, and uh, if France or Argentina slip up uh, against, um, the, I mean, the USA will be targeting one of them um, to try and get that third place in that table. Um, and then New Zealand, South Africa. And that is three crunch games on the second day of the World Cup. So uh, it needs to happen. So, yes, yeah, so you need to be aware straight away because that's going to be a big, 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 um, a big, big, big day uh, for you. And then you can have a sleep in the next day where you've got people like Italy, Namibia, Ireland, Scotland, and uh, England, Tonga. But that that Saturday uh, is is one that I would uh, yeah keep um, keep clear, folks. <laughs> just 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 in terms of Australia, I think um, a lot of obviously be a lot of pressure coming on. I would imagine there's a 
whole heap of pressure on the CEO, Raylan Castle. At, what we're hearing at, in the last few days. At this time, we also heard that Jake White had also thrown thrown his hit, hit in the ring as well. Well, that was an interesting one because like, apparently there was a scheduled phone call, but it got leaked, so they cancelled the phone call or oh something. I don't know. So, There's so, some interesting so, stuff going on over there. If, do you think that's, that was a good thing to cancel the phone call? Or do you think... Um, so uh, there, there are two ways to look at this. One is you've just turned, you've just turned down a proper potential um, coach. The other one is you've made a statement saying we're not discussing, we're not going to play our, our coaching discussions in public, Mr. Jake White. If you're going to leak, if you're going to leak things to the press, where that's not so that's not impressive. So there are two ways of looking at it. So um, it was Jake White that gave the heads up on the. Well, I, was... I, I wouldn't want to get sued by him for saying that. Yeah. Um, but that's that's kind of the that, that, what that's, the, that's the intimation I've read in the press is that right. that it came out of his camp rather than the Rugby Australia camp. Uh, the leak and then Rugby Australia said, "Well, we're not we're not playing that game, mate." Um, so what do you? Oh Jesus, a hard one, mate. It's a mess. Ducks and drakes. Exactly, it's it's a mess over there. Um, you know, I, I think all we can do is focus on the players that they've got, and and, and see what uh, what they can do with that, what they've got. Interesting, some of the stuff coming off the chat. A lot of love for uh, Wales. Oh, I I think Wales will top the top the pool. I think that's 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 very true. And it is a question of yeah, can Fiji or Georgia top of Australia? Uh, and sneak it into the quarterfinals. Not, not Georgia. I don't think their game's quite rounded enough. I think they'll probably give Australia a lot of um, give them a workout up front. No, no question, because we all know they love a scrum. Um, it's, well, they just don't have backline. discussion. No, no. Yeah, no, I agree. I, 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 I'm not a great. Uh, yeah, a lot of people say kind of like Georgia. Oh, they should be in the Six Nations. Are oh, they one of the top tier two nations? I'm like. When they beat a tier one nation for the first time ever, then I'll start taking them seriously. But they never have done. They I mean they lost. So that, that, that's my big. So yeah, I agree. Who, who would win the other Japan, Georgia? Um, I'd say Japan. Yeah, Japan. Yeah. Um, so basically, what we're saying is that right. If they've got they've got decent players. It's it's a coaching issue. So check it to go, or do you think he just needs to replace his assistant coaches? Well, he, Steve's alluded to the fact that Nathan Gray's the. Um, uh, defence coach, and you do have to wonder, well, what credentials does he bring to the job at an international level? You know, where, where's, what, what is he, what time does he put in the bank to be able to say, oh, yeah, he's a great defences coach? Most of his time in around rugby is around the Waratahs. What, you know, you look at him, it's not exactly those delivered consistent, spectacular results to say, oh, yeah, we've got to pick the coaching staff out of that lot because they did such a good time there. You know, know and, and usually sometimes in a losing effort, at least one or two players put their heads above the parapet, but mm. no, nobody really has. No. And, that, um, and, that's, and that's a problem. A couple of questions have just come up. Do they look at new Do they look at new players? I think they may have to look at... There's nobody there, though. Well, you know, you, they have to be. They have got some good... Good, like I mentioned, Higginbotham before. So, um, here's, the, here's the problem. Do you want to go back to Quade Cooper? He's a good footballer. Well, we've talked about that. I don't know. I can't remember if Steve was in that conversation. But there's a fact to say, when you've got... Uh, when the cupboard's empty at first five, Quade Cooper's not that bad that you discount him. Right? So, no, I, I, I mean, but basically, they've, they've got um, they've got four, four Super Rugby teams. Uh, they've got the best players out of those teams. There's maybe one or two here or there you can change, yeah. but on the whole, uh, you couldn't throw out that entire squad and pick another squad. It, See, because the other, so issue, the other it's issue. not it's not about changing players. It, yeah. It's about whether. So to me, we, we agree that Nathan needs Nathan Gray used to go. Yeah. Um, and the other question is around Larkin. Now, something that I've heard uh, uh, that's potentially off. I've heard it via a podcast, so it's, it's on. It's on. It's out there in the, in the public domain. Um, public domain via Green and Gold Rugby. Thanks, guys. Um, but apparently, a, an off the quote, off the, uh, off, off the record um, chat he had in a bar when they were in Ireland or, or, or in the UK anyway, was that Nathan Gray mentioned something on the line. It's not the great. Um, Steve Larkham made something on the lines of, uh, to, um, basically, our boys don't have rugby brains. Um, we, we were trying to make, we were trying to make it a player led kind of game plan, mm-hmm. um, and they and make them just not bright enough. Now. That's to, to me. I, it's, I, cutting. I, <laughs> it's cutting. Um, I, so so yeah. I, I think Larkin has to go because because that attack also hasn't really fired, and we and we know they've got attacking players. Well, it's interesting. It's it's how it um, changes from what I mentioned to Steve. You know, you go back to the eighties, seventies, eighties, and the nineties, and you had your 
that's the one thing that you saw in Australian rugby players is that they might not have been the best around, but their intellect level was far superior to their opposition's. Oh. And they usually won't beat them because they used their brain. Arshun's not a big fan of farmers. Um, <laughs> New Zealand. Well, that's what New oh. Zealand players came from. Yeah. Like <laughs> I didn't um, mention Taranaki at all, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, look, I mean, it's just the um. No, but, so, so basically, Australia degrade. Need 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 some coaching changes. Um, is 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 the, is the message there, and that's pretty much uh, the the end of season report for them. Yep. Is that so? Uh, check it. Yeah. You need to change your coaches. See me. But you, Paul, um, we, what Paul is saying, we could be here all night. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, we're moving on to South Africa now. Um, <laughs> so, before we move on to South Africa, though, um, please. Uh, support the channel by sharing uh, this content, telling all your friends and how wonderful and fantastic we are. Um, there are we have we are working on some amazing plans for 2019. Can't tell you what they are right now, um, but uh, hopefully they will come off. And so do uh, do spread the word um, and let all your friends know about us, please. And if you fancy spot, um, uh, supporting us financially, Patreon dot um, dot uh, dot com forward slash Driving Mall to become a friend of Driving Mall for as little as a dollar a month. Um, you can help um, us buy uh, and try and buy one of these for each of these two guys because uh, <laughs> that's my sound quality a bit dodgy at times as a little so, boy waits the, <laughs> <laughs> and it is Christmas time Father Christmas could bring them one of these if enough of you guys uh, chip in um, South Africa then uh, new coach um, new selection regime and uh, up to fifth in the world including a win over the All Blacks a lot a lot to like after their previous uh, previous year, and it just shows you what a what a coach. And I think I think there's a lot of respect for Rossi Erasmus, not just as a coach, but also a previous player. Um, you know, it's also a little bit of a little bit more stability in selections. They haven't always had the guys like Fifty Clerk and a couple of other individuals on on deck. I think I think they really do need those guys yep. on deck all of the time. No disrespect to the other guys that come in. The guys that come in, the other scrum scrum halves. And, He's not he's not bad, but I, I I like what Factor Clerk brings brings to the table, so to speak. And uh, great hair, lots of clapping. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll probably look back at a couple of games that they that they went that they got they got beaten, you know, namely the probably the England game, which they probably could have could have won. Didn't, 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 didn't quite didn't quite get across the line. <laughs> yeah. um, we won't talk about we won't talk about TMA's officials though. So just, just not, interesting. Um, I agree with you, Rassi is, is a obviously coaching ability that he has, but he's got another thing that we have in the that you know is the fact that he's got uh, obviously a p- political ability mm. because he's been able to go into that South African political environment. And get a decision turned over in terms of accessing European players. He's also gone in there and they've negotiated releases for FAF. This is like you know during Super Rugby, right? And then sort of saying, "Oh hey, um, I know it's outside the international window, but can we borrow FAF for a couple of games against the All Blacks and uh, on the Northern Tour uh, for the AIs? We'll, we'll give them back to you for an international window." So he's he's not just the fact that he's able to run his team on the field, but he's able to do some back backdoor politics type stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. To, to that helps his team out massively. I, I, I see um, I see one of the one of the guys, Christian up there gives South Africa a C. That's harsh. Is that harsh? Harsh. I think maybe yeah, B plus. Yeah, yeah, Christian maybe bleep maybe bleep B plus. B plus. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. They, they played some good code this year. And I'll tell you what, what would actually take that stat up? I wouldn't I win in New Zealand. That's you know that's oh, yeah that's that's something you put a bit of tick mark. Obviously, they lost. Did they lose a series to England and South Africa? No, they beat England. So they, they, they beat England, they, they England two one yeah. uh, in that. And I thought that during that time, Razzie's selection, we, he tried a lot of players in those opening four tests against Wales up in um, Wellington, uh, and then those three against England. And I think he was trying out a whole bunch of combinations. And as you say, towards yeah, the end of the yeah. year had settled down and we have a pretty good idea now as to what he, as to what his, uh, his, his first 15, yep. potentially even 23-ish is. But the, I'd say in that first four, and so 
and this was he has only had. It was one of the interesting things that their defence coach uh, mentioned was uh, that, um, that it'll take them nine games to get up to speed on defence, uh, and game eight is when we suddenly saw them actually closing people down and not conceding lots of points. Um, like I mean, against England, let's be honest, they they gave away big leads in pretty much all the three games of the mm-hmm. memory, uh, and then had to come back. Um, but they they took that out of their. Um, they, they rectified that before the end of the yeah, year. There, there, there were time, there were times they just went a little insular. They went back to to to, to using their heavy forwards to just. Yep. And I and I think of that Wales game where they actually had a lot of territory, a lot of possession. Didn't they, use the ball well. And they just didn't. And they didn't mm. use the ball well. They played a, a little bit of code, mm. but when they were capable of just ranging a little bit wider. Now, once again, I've got to say that with Rusty Erasmus, is he the most chilled coach? You've ever seen up up in the box? He just looks really, really chilled. But I still think he's another case of him getting his selections not quite right. He's using Steph Batoy as a as Love. an open, uh, open side flanker. Right, 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 right. You know, I I just think I just think you in, in this modern day you still need somebody who's got a little bit more a little bit more pace around around the pack. I mean, it's like Khaleesi was I, I thought pretty good pretty good value. Yeah, that's that, yeah. no, absolutely. I, I don't disagree. I, I don't know why he sort of gets such a hard time um, in the fact that he's, he really seems to perform on the field from what I'm watching. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not really sure why that sort of... Uh, oops, I had the wrong one. That hasn't yeah. come through yet. No, um, yeah, I'm not really sure. So I, I, the other thing is that I sort of think, you know, when we go back to South African teams um, over time, it's um, they've, they've generally not had a flyer of a seven, have they? Mm, they've no. always had a big guy the back row was big yeah. right across the board so Sorry, you still need to refresh because I think we are still, still broadcasting that it maybe not looks, looks that way um, so the, the there is that the, uh, um, and I think to me the, this the, the the win in New Zealand would have been a loss uh, if if there had been kicks um, there were a lot of points left out there by New Zealand so um, I do think that yeah it's I think it is a vision. Sorry. Um, the, the, so, so, yeah, I, I don't want to over uh, sort of state as to how good that game, uh, they, they were in that game. But yes, they, they, they stuck in there and they did win it, let's be honest. Uh, and so I'm a, I do think they're, they're much improved. Uh, but as I say, they've only had, what, the 13 games, or the 14 games, the 14 games this season. He's got another five. He's only had 19 games to get from taking over to the Rugby World Cup. I think he's done the right thing in figuring out what his, his, his basically his first 23 is. And I think I expect to see him just stick with that yeah. uh, and just have to pray that injuries don't derail them because I don't think he's had time. He hasn't got time to do the depth thing. And he, he did take a bit of flack towards the end of the season about not um, rotating some players for that final uh, Welsh game. But it's kind of like the look it, that Wales are the third, third best team in the world. You don't go trying to trying out new combinations when you're playing third best in the world. You play your best team, uh, and as I say, he hasn't had time. This is not like uh, Steve Hansen, who's had the full four years, or, or Checker, uh, or Eddie Jones, who should, uh, uh, and or someone like, um, oh, not Conor O'Shea. Who's the guy that's in charge of Ireland? Um, sure. Joe Schmidt. Joe Schmidt, Schmidt. there we go. Yeah. Thank you. Um, who've actually had time to properly build depth. I mean, like Joe Smith has done, like Steve Hansen has done. He's only had nine. He's only had a year yeah. to do this, uh, and that's what he's got to do. Oh, they're going to they're going to be an awkward. They're going to be awkward. They're going to be a really awkward team. That yeah. Yeah. that game between the All Blacks and South Africa. It's it's, it's it's a very intriguing World Cup. We've just covered off the Wales France Fiji thing, um, and when you look at it, All Blacks South Africa. Whoever loses that comes up against Ireland, and out of Ireland South Africa All Blacks, somebody goes out in the quarterfinals. So, I'm going to have I'm put my English jersey on. Jersey on put here. your English jersey on. Okay. Ayo. Now, ayo, lad. Um, so, I'll be honest. What I'm praying for mm-hmm. is the box to beat the New Zealand in that opening game. Yes. That puts New Zealand and Ireland in the other half of the, uh, of the knockout phase to England. Right. If South Africa beats um, New Zealand, England can make it to the Rugby World Cup final Without be- without beating one team above them, without actually facing one team above them wow. in the world in the world rankings, Wales will be on the other other side. So the other side of the draw will have Wales, 
uh, Ireland, Ireland and New Zealand. New Zealand. All, all, all the on teams one. above uh, England. All the teams above England. The other side of the draw will have England, um, uh, uh, South Africa, um, I'm not sure who the other team, uh, Australia or Fiji. Um, so, yeah, teams that England have beaten recently as opposed to teams that England have not beaten recently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's my, uh, that, that, that's my dream scenario that sees England making it to the World Cup final. So for those of you who, who might hear me say, oh, there's a possibility of England making it, it's not because I'm expecting them to beat lots of good teams. It's because I expect them to hopefully avoid lots of good teams. <laughs> good, side, good side of the draw. Crikey, yeah. you need to do a bit of analysis on the draw for the English fans. Wow. The, um, yes, sorry. <laughs> um, if you haven't guessed, I'm a bit of a rugby nerd. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, at the end of the day, you, 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 I easily, so just going back, no no way to see definitely a B+. Plus. Um, you know, I go B1 and B+. They lost two games on, on the November tour. They lost yeah, three in yeah that, I suppose that's, that's the hard part. I mean, like, but they got unlucky in losing the one to England. And, um, you know, Faf doesn't go off in Johannesburg but, and they win there as well. Oh, and they got lucky They got lucky beating, beating France. So it swings around about. Yeah, right. So, but um, you know what I think when we talked about this the other day, it's just like what what this if if the current trend of internationals continues, then it's great great for it's going to be great for rugby next year. Going to have some good rugby to watch next year because teams, you know, one to eight can actually beat each other. Yep, yeah, uh, and uh, the with, with all these different permutations possibly at the Rugby World Cup, it's lots and lots of articles I can write, videos I can do. <laughs> <laughs> He feeds off negative content. Yeah. <laughs> um, Argentina? Yeah, so where are Argentina? So let me, let me just remind you as to, as to what their year looked like. Yeah, remind us of what their year looked like, Paul. They lost two games to Wales uh, and then to Scotland mm-hmm. in their, their juniors nationals, uh, at which point they decided that, you know what, this coach, our players don't like him and they're not playing for him. And so they threw him out and got married at Desmarin. They followed that up by um, going out and then winning, uh, beating, I think, did it beat South Africa and Australia? Did they get two yes. wins in the rugby championship? I believe so. Oh, yes, they beat Australia at home. And everyone was like, okay, this looks like that the Argentina are heading in the right direction. Um, and then they go on tour in November and they lose all four of their games uh, to who they lost to. They lo- who they lose to? They lost to, they lost to Ireland, they lost to uh, France um, and Scotland, uh, yes. as well as then losing to the Barbarians, or, yep. or basically um, South Africa B with a couple of friends. Um, also, <laughs> oh, sorry, so South Africa, yeah. sorry, not South Africa B, South Africa with a couple of friends, losing to a drop goal. I mean, wow. Um, we had four drop goals in the November Internationals. This is like, it, it, well, that we had so many drop goals. But you're allowed to do a drop goal as a Barbarian, though. I don't know. <laughs> You know, some of those, you know, the Barry Johns and the like will be sort of like, going, hey, 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 the barbarians, we run it. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so it's kind of interesting that, yeah, they went there and down that route. Um, so a lot of positivity when Mario Desmond took over. Have we kind of, has, has that kind of, uh, have we kind of lost that a bit? Oh, look, you know, in the way that we're sort of um, giving the uh, results out as in Australia at D, you could definitely say Argentina's the kid that gets a seat um, in terms of the fact that they just sort of doing doing what they do. They're not really going they going above and beyond what they need to be doing. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense. And you, know, you average see kid at school. It basically sums up Argentina. Yeah, I was going to say the the game that probably sums up Argentina the most was. Uh, the return match against Australia yep. that they played at home. Oh, yeah. And they were leading by... What were they leading by? Oh, I don't know. 30, I think it might have been... 30, about, it was about 30 to 7, something like that, really and truthfully. Yep. They, were in a, they were in a situation where they should never lose and they end up... Oh, 31 7 and a half. 31 7. Your memory is fantastic. Well done, sir. That, yeah, good. Absolutely. absolutely. 37. <laughs> this is, this is why he's a professional commentator. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and to lose... And and not just to lose, but they, they actually lost that game going away. So I don't know what whatever they what was said at, at, during the halftime break or whatever they were sniffing, but you know it obviously didn't it obviously didn't work. And to me, that game sums up their whole their whole year. 
it's interesting. So we get, it absolutely. Well, it sums up not, not just the whole year. It sums up Argentinian rugby, right? Every time we sort of think, here we go, they're on a rise. They're performing. Again, they've got the players to be able to, to put the um, results on the paddock. Uh, but they just don't seem to do it. And, and on the other flip side of it, it shows that Australia is exactly what we said, is basically under-delivering big time. Well, one, one thing, one, I think one thing we can can basically state as a fact, their scrum is no longer the colossus <laughs> that, that it used to be. <laughs> when we used to do our shows, it was just like the classic cliches, oh, you know, France can win any game, you never know, never know which French team's going to turn up. Actually, these days you do. Um, and, Ar- and Argentina, yeah, <laughs> and Argentina, oh, we've got to be careful of their scrum. We've got to watch out for their scrum. It's like, no, you don't. It hasn't yeah, been like yeah, that for yeah. a few, quite a few years. Yeah, Christian makes a good point. Argentina, they do need to learn how to play play for 80 minutes, but I'd also say that they've got to get their, their set piece right. Their set piece has been letting them down. Set piece because we know down. they have yep. got some... They have got some excellent backs there. Um... Oh, look, the, the, the scrum, the scrum aside, there, there's been crucial times in their games when they've got an attacking line out, and the scrum, uh, the line out goes awry, right? Mm. So these are key things when you've got momentum, and it just lets the opposition off the hook. And yet, I think they had the top line out stealer in Super Rugby playing for them, which is yeah. kind of like at the Super Rugby level, they can they've got a line out that really works. Yep, and then suddenly. I guess this comes down to what some people have said basically is that that um, Argentina just flogged their players by only having one team and by only and by only selecting homegrown or home sorry home located players. Yeah, is that they just don't have this? That they were just overplaying their players. Yeah, and if and if you stuck uh, Buffelli, Mayano, and Delgai in any 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 other backline in the world, they'd they'd rip up. You give those guys space. Oh, was it was it? What was it? I'm going to say, say a Del Guy. Uh, he was the one in Del Guy. In Nelson, right? Against the yeah, All Blacks. Yeah. That just basically turned uh, like four or five All Blacks inside out in one run, sort of thing. So, oh, geez, they've got some class players out there with some good skills. And, and to be to fair with, to be fair to with, um, Lavanini, he's actually spent he's actually spent time on the field, this <laughs> year, which, which is which is which is a good thing. So he's oh, obviously worked, you know got his yeah. dis- he's got his discipline sorted out. But yeah, they're one of those teams that can really excite you by scoring some amazing tries. I know that um, the game in Nelson, man, alive, they create some really good opportunities. Oh, they just did not finish. finish. And if you think back to that game, I think it was seventy-one minutes. They're down by nine points. The All Blacks yeah. go on and. End up winning by twenty points, and you scratch your head and you think to yourself, "How did that happen?" Was <laughs> this up to sixty minutes, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, that's it. They are. They, they and you know the point made before that they've got to learn how to play for eighty minutes. Yeah, there are, time, there are times they can play for sixty-five minutes, but they drop the ball. You, you kind of look at that Argent, their last test that they played against Scotland. Yep. You know, once again, they had opportunities to put that game away. But they let they go. Scotland had one opportunity with fifteen minutes to go, and um, Sean Maitland scores the, the winning try. Because we always look at you know anybody playing Scotland, like 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 an Argentina or whatever. It's like here's your opportunity to win up there, and it's just like are we are we not giving Scotland enough credit? Oh, Scotland oh. are a wonderful team at home. Yeah, but they, uh, so they are playing at home. But we always sort of give the opposition, oh, here's your chance to knock a team over up there. Or it's seen as an easy game. And, and as you say, they're a wonderful team at home. So Actually, are we not I mean, giving them enough credit? I don't think Scotland have lost, oh, apart from that oh. South Africa game. Yep. I think that's their only loss at home this week, this, this season. South Africa. South Africa. I think, I think they won every single other game um, at home. Yep. Uh, now, away from home, I think they lost, well, they lost, they lost to the USA away from home. And probably their only away win from home from memory was Argentina. So the so yeah so they they are a team that yeah that are fantastic at home, but really struggle um, on the road. And they they then they, they admitted that during the Six Nations, uh, it's what they need to fix, uh, and we'll see how they. Uh, ha- and that's and, and the problem for them is that the Rugby World Cup isn't being hosted in Scotland. <laughs> yeah, they play, so, they, oh sorry, they beat Canada as well. Away from yeah, home, they did so. play Argentina early in the year, forty four fifteen. But I think that may not have been a. A, a, a very strong Argentinian side, but on, on saying that, that was an Argentina side. I think it should have been, a, well, it should have, it, it was during the, the June window. So they, it could they, have been. They, they, they would have had all their players available. Scotland didn't tour with a full strength side 
but so the problem at that point was that that's when they were playing with uh, that was when they they had their old coach uh, and the oh, players just didn't yes, want yes. to play didn't want to play with him at all. Yeah, they'd switched off. Yeah. So I think that, that that was a coaching issue rather than the or, mm. well a, a player attitude issue um, with that coach, unfortunately. Uh, so yes, I think there was a pro- there, were, there were problems problems mm. there. Yeah, but still they're going to they're going to be an awkward awkward side next year, I suppose. They're, um, you okay, know, so, so yeah, Christian, yeah. Christian did say earlier in the chat that basically England have got to get out of their group first. Yes. Now they're playing of, Argentina. A lot of people said that England had the pool of death, uh, and then and yet if you actually look at their pool now, their pool is England, France, Argentina, the USA, and somebody else who they will beat. Um, I've got to hit down the bottom there. Um, to be honest. Uh, but if you think about that, France now are ranked ninth in the world. Um, Argentina are ranked tenth in the world. That is the easiest group to top. Every other team, every other group has got at least one top eight, if not two top eight teams. Sorry, at least two, two top eight, if not three top eight teams yeah. in them. They're the only pool with one top eight team in it. Uh, they, in, in, England, sh- England should. Uh, top that group. However, you have got a you know Englishmen love French, so you got that game <laughs> happening, and then you have got the Battle of the Falklands, you know. So uh, there's there's a bit of edge in the games there. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Every single game that England play has got edge in it because we ruled you all at one point. <laughs> So, yeah. and you just, damn it, India has to get a team in there, <laughs> and you just resent that fact. I mean, jeez. Um, but so yes, yeah, so they, as I say, uh, England to me actually have probably got the easiest group to get out of. Uh, Ireland have got to get past. Uh, have got Scotland, and so they've got to top them. New Zealand obviously have South Africa, and then you've got uh, Australia, Wales, and Fiji. Um, so that's three of the top eight teams in one pool. So, mm. uh, to, so in some ways. Um, uh, Canada is the last team. No, no, it can't be Canada. Um, no, Canada's in the All Blacks uh, pool because they're just there with the last. Right. So, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Canada are looking at trying to be Italy to make a top three place. Yeah. Um, Italy and for Italy have got uh, have been extremely lucky in getting the two lowest ranked teams beneath them in their pool. Otherwise, Italy would not get uh, automatic qualifications. So, um, are you going to inform me as to who that fifth team is that England? Um, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually just trying to find it, but uh, it start, the World Cup starts off on the Friday, the, September the 20th, and the opening game is Japan Russia. If that's, that's correct. If that's correct. Yep. And then the next day, well, we've got that Australia Fiji game. Well, they both hit the ground running, and then I we've kind of, got. I kind, of, I kind of ran through this earlier. So that, that, that's the day. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't sleep. That's the day um, you don't sleep. Yeah. That's the day you don't sleep. Uh, Tonga, there we go. Tonga versus England. Now, Tom, oh, go Tonga. Tonga. Go you 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 Tonga. Yes. Yeah. Get lots of German fun- Tongans in there. We'll do a fundraiser to get all these supporters over there. Yeah. <laughs> Stadium full of red flags. Yeah. It's fine. They'll all just dye their hair green. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, hang on. Was Tonga or Samoa that did that? I can't remember. It was one of those two. Um, no, I can't remember. Uh, being sponsored by Paddy Power back in uh, oh, the last time. Oh, yes. The yes. last time he was in. In fact, one of the players even changed his name by Depol to Paddy Power. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, right. So yeah. So basically, Argentina just need to get more players and not not flog them to death. Um, now. Yeah. Tough. So, some news now. Let's just. Uh, uh, apparently, according to the Sydney Morning Morning. He's <laughs> <laughs> only had one beer. Too, yeah, it? exactly. It's it's the really? Yeah. Maybe more. So. Sydney Morning Herald um, has said, has apparently said that the that one of the ideas on the table is for Super Rugby to go down to fourteen teams and have a round robin, um, which would be thir- which would be obviously thirteen games. Now, it's obviously, it wouldn't be the full home and away round robin; it would be a, a single game round robin for those thirteen games. Uh, which, um, from memory, actually is that is is a, is a reduction on the number of games the teams play now because currently it's eighteen weeks; they get two two buys. So they play sixteen games, uh, so this this would actually be a reduction, which is a bit strange. So, uh, and the, the the suggestion is either they get rid of the Sun Wolves. Uh, some people have pointed out that Japan uh, voted for France for the next Rugby World Cup. Oops, Ooh. maybe that was a poor decision. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Rather, uh, rather, rather for South Africa. Uh, or the other option is that one of the South African teams heads to Europe. Now, for my mind, unless the Pro 14 are about to start suddenly including a Georgian team or a, a team or a team, a team from somewhere else, they need two teams to go from South Africa rather than just one. Uh, so I'm not sure how that would, whether that would actually really work, be, be, be feasible or not. But um, are you are you happy going backwards? I think I made a comment on Twitter uh, this week when I saw that come out and um, sort of saying, oh, it, you know, Super 14 seemed to be the optimal sweet point of the Super Rugby formats that we've been through. Um, so I don't have an issue going back with um, back to Super 14. Uh, I think there are, but there's logistical issues that are a nightmare that I can't see how they'd get across. Not the fact of reducing the teams necessarily in Super Rugby, apart from Japan, but you know the, the talk of the South African teams going to Pro 14. Well, then it's not Pro 14, then it becomes Pro 15, 16, 17. And they've seen what happened to Super Rugby when they did it. If you're running Pro 14 up there that's got a successful competition, why do you want to put your competition at risk to accommodate some South African teams? Well, the, the Pro 14 came out and said, one of the reasons we are going to a conference style is because we are looking to expand in the future. Yeah. So they have already preempted and set expectations amongst their fans, which is something that Super Rugby is not very good at doing, let's be honest. Um, they, they, are, they are very good at not really knowing what they're doing next year, never mind having any long-term vision. Objectives. Uh, <laughs> objectives. Um, my big problem with it, though, is, is twofold. One, we just talked about the fact that Argentina don't have a big enough player pool. Yep. They need two teams in Argentina. Yep. Everybody, absolutely everybody, wants a Fiji team in Super Rugby. And they would really like a Samoa and a Tongan team to join at some point in the future. This puts the kibosh on all of that. Uh, and so I, I think it's a very Short reactionary um, backward step from a bunch of Sanzar, yeah. um, I don't want to call them leaders because they're not leading, mm. um, but Sanzar administrators that are basic, that, yeah, mm. that don't really know um, where they're going. Uh, you know, I haven't seen the Sydney Morning Herald's article, <laughs> but I, I just saw the uh, the follow up articles, and it's just like at the end of the day, you know, it is it is one of many suggestions. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what actually comes out of the mixer. Yeah, just reading some of the comms up there. Generally, I think everybody can be in agreement. With, I don't know if we need need more teams. Um, one question that I'm asking is: Has the expansion helped Japanese rugby? Has it helped uh, South American, well, Argentinian rugby? I, uh, I say no. Well, it's interesting. Argentina's got a double sword. I think it's helped them, but then it's hindered them because of the number of games that the same players, players are playing. playing. That's the issue they got. Yeah. The fact that they're playing in a good level competition has actually helped them, but now they're just playing too much rugby is the problem. So, I mean, Japan have so, drawn with France since having, having the, uh, I think that was um, two seasons, a season or two ago, obviously beat South at the last Rugby World Cup. I, to, to try and say it's not helped their national team step up, I think would be... Uh, would, Incongruous. I, 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 that's a hard word. My point was really more than Ashwin because you've, they've had to roll out all these same players mm. through Super Rugby, haven't been able to really, you know, they don't have the luxury of uh, uh, Steve Hansen saying, oh no, we want those, those guys pulled out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll take 105 players to play, to play less minutes. Well, actually, <laughs> no, I would say that they have done that and that's actually what's hurt some more. So for, last, for example, last season... Uh, prior to the June window, or sorry, yeah, so this, yeah, this year, prior to the June window, um, the Sunwolves had just beaten the Stormers in um, Hong Kong and some and the Bulls, was it, I think, in Singapore? Mm. Anyway, they'd, they'd, they'd beaten two African teams and then they sent a second string side to tour Australia for two or three games because Jamie Joseph pulled all his international players to prepare for the June games. Ooh, truckload of names up coming up. Right then, sorry about that, folks. We are back, and I will have to stitch them back yet, back together again, um, again. Uh, so we'll have to do that um, uh, one more time. So um, sorry about that, folks. Uh, and for those of you listening on the podcast as well, yes, this will be stitched together for you. Uh, we unfortunately dropped out there. 
Um, so, the so what what is your overall what is your overall feel for this Super Rugby? Are you uh, so you're Seville saying actually that that maybe getting rid of the Hagiwaras and the Sunwolves might be actually a good thing for them? Um, it'll be it'll be a, it'll be a hard one now because you've already got that fan engagement, especially if you see some of the like every Sunwolves game I see, there's usually a a, a, a packed house and you know they, they're well supported and they have to be fair to them they've both improved as well the, the Hagawaris didn't they make the top eights yeah they've been in the playoffs this year yep. yeah they were in the playoffs yeah last year and you know and, no, the, this and, the, and the sun the sun wolves you know they put they put they put up some really credible yeah performances that time they still have that um capacity to to fold at times, but I, I have been noticing that it seems like their roster is getting stronger, stronger and stronger. I see they've just signed Sean McMahon, is it? Yep, from Aussie. Yeah, from yep. Australia. He's a he's a, he's yeah, a very, yeah. very good footballer. Obviously, they've um, and Rennie Ranger. Yeah, they signed they signed yeah. Rennie Ranger as well. There's a couple of others. I think the guy uh, Burley from Phil Burley, yeah. Phil Burley from Canterbury is yep. signed with them. So they have got some good pers- personnel, so to speak. And um, I just can't think of a blonde-headed uh, loose forward South African guy who was all Willie 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 Brits. Oh, Willie Brits. Willie yep. Brits. Willie Brits. I mean to say he's, he's normally a ball of energy when he oh, he's, he's, they, they are they yeah, are they are they are quite a, an enjoyable side to watch but you also know and if, if, you, if, you, if you add in Hayden Parker and um, uh, Little Oh yeah, yeah, um, Michael, yeah um, Michael Little Michael Little Michael Little, Little. Yeah, Michael Little. exactly that's what I was that's what <laughs> What they've done is they've they've built up a bunch of international players there where they can rotate and they can rest yeah. their Japanese players, yeah. which is the thing that the Hagiwaris just have not done. Um, mm. And I think that, that's that's a big difference between the two sides yeah. um, on that one. Yeah, Hayden just came back and feels like yeah, I, there's, there's a bit of that as well, Hayden. If you're obviously viewing, I, I tend to agree with, and that's the point that I made. That they they do get some wonderful support up there, and that's something you're not going to throw away. When you think back to the Kings module, I mean, so that was horrible tuning into those games and yeah. seeing that big stadium with just seagulls in the reserves. Well, here's the interesting thing, though, right? I mean, at the end of the day, they don't play. The Sunwolves don't play bad rugby. No. You know, it's the why do people actually tune in to watch a Sunwolves game? Why do they get people turning up to the ground there? Obviously, this Japanese they love rugby and they just want to see some rugby. But there's also the fact that their team plays good rugby. They might not come out on the right side of the ledger, but they play good rugby that people want to go and watch. Also, also tune into. Also, had a little bit of comment about um, the problem with the one-round system. You won't see these return derbies that we all love over here. But you almost get the impression at uh, they, they don't often say it, the All Black coaches, but you almost get the impression oh. that they, they that they're not fans of them. No, they're not fans. Of them. Okay. They don't, they don't so like to be yeah, players getting so, for, for, for us, um, and when I was a season ticket holder, when I was living in Auckland uh, and was a season ticket holder in Archie and I used to sit next to each other in the West Stand, I got upset that I wasn't going to see one of the, or two of the, the, the Super Rugby sites, two of the New Zealand Super Rugby sites playing at Eden Park. I only see two out of four. I think yeah. it was. And that, yeah. and that was, um, I, I didn't like that. So I think home and away for the domestic um, teams is a must. Because uh, yeah, if, as a scenic holder, I want to see, um, I want to see the, the I want to see the Chiefs, the Crusaders, the Hurricanes, and the Highlanders. And I want to see some South African teams, some Australian teams. I'm not really that fussed who, to be honest with you, but adds a bit of variety. In, but I want those local derbies. So effectively, you're by saying that you're okay with the conference system. Oh, I love the conference system. Yes, that's where I always mm. go. I think you you, you can re- reduce the amount of travel, uh, which is a big issue here. Yep. Um, and also you. You can you can expand it up to 50, 60 teams if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, you know the only the, the only thing I see with the conference system that's an issue is the 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 final standings in the table, right? And that's easily solved. Is the fact is that you you know you've still got to pick X amount of teams out of your three conferences, but once you've got them in your table, they finish in where their points you know, are. So you know, that you know, conference systems are enough. Conference systems are nothing new. You only have to look at the American sport, American sport to figure out. Sometimes you can get the the best teams in the one, whether it's the Eastern Conference or the Western yep. Western Conference. We're having power issues now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, one of those conferences, and sometimes not necessarily the best teams 
always come through. The problem is it's, it's one of those things we've got so much rugby and so very little time. time. Where, where, do you, where, yeah. do you, where do you lock it all in? And we all... So I, I think, think the, to, to me, the problem with the conference system was that the first conference system they came up with was confusing because you had different sized conferences and you had yep. three teams from, from the South African conferences and five teams from the Australasian yeah, yeah. conferences. And it was, to be fair, it was confusing. And it was extremely badly sold and explained by Sanzar. Uh, and then basically everyone went, it's because it's conferences. No, it's not. It's because it was badly, badly designed conferences design, yeah. and badly marketed conferences. But since then, it's got a bad public perception. And just turning that round is not impossible. Yeah, we, we love to digress on this show. And <laughs> one of the things that Paul and I have spoken about is that for some reason in the Southern Hemisphere anyway, and particularly within New Zealand, we just like to bag on anything that's rugby related. So, you know, oh, conference, you, you get something that's shiny and new. Oh, that's rubbish. We don't like that. It's not going to work. You know, as opposed to embracing it. We don't, we don't go and say, oh, that's interesting. And embracing it doesn't matter what it is. Oh, you know? We are. I mean, so look how many people sort of in in, in the early days when, we, when New Zealand rugby went to the central contracting system, so, oh, man, that's, that's not going to work. You're going to run out. You're going to run out of money. Yeah. Um, why don't you just let the players go offshore and you can just pick them from anywhere around the world? Yeah. And now, now that seems to be the Ireland. Ireland have done it. Ireland, and that's why they're successful. Ireland's taking on board that. Yep. And what I, what I've heard, South Africa would love to do that if they had any money. We're <laughs> <laughs> um, starting a give a little page. Yeah, yeah. We can start a give a little page for for Springbok rugby. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah. Gee whiz, there's no, there's no there's no there's no silver bullet. I think the conference system works for New Zealand because of our size. And because we're isolated down here, and we're fortunate, we got a team that's got a, a damn good winning record. Might be a lot harder if we didn't have a great. So do you find it interesting? You know, rugby public. Oh, our rugby's getting stale and boring. Okay, we'll bring in more teams. Oh, there's too many teams in there. You know, and they don't have the caliber. Well, it's just like, what do you want? <laughs> do you want stale and boring, or do you want new teams coming through? And I think there's there's there's. I, I did an article a couple of weeks ago now. That was um, does New Zealand rugby slash Super Rugby need fixing? Uh, and I think on the playing side, no, it doesn't. Uh, we're, we're producing, or New Zealand is producing, the best rugby team in the world, and it has been doing so for the best part of a decade, uh, so or well, more than a decade actually. Um, the whereas the on the financial side, there are some serious issues with New Zealand rugby. Um, they are going to start running a what they call what they termed as a. Um, unsustainable deficit. <laughs> so, uh, and they need to fix that by basically uh, engaging grassroots, enga sorry, engaging uh, the, the public more uh, and getting proper tribalism in these super rugby teams uh, and in these and, and get make make them proper. If you if you go if you go and talk about Battle of the Bays or Battle of the Bridge or Battle of the Bombay's, there's an, there's nothing like that in Super Rugby. We don't have battle of anything in Super Rugby. Um, there was one attempt. At they, a, they try to do it with the Chiefs, but it doesn't really work because part of really, the Chiefs' okay. territory is actually the north it, side of Bombay Hills. It doesn't really work. Also, if you <laughs> if you try and make manufacture well manufacture it and you use um, Maori land war um, references, <laughs> that was and that just, oops, yeah, oops, fail. Well, that was the Hurricanes and uh, yeah, the Hurricanes. Right? Chiefs, yeah, the Hurricanes yeah. trying to do that no, it's yeah. because Taranaki had changed from uh, from one franchise to the other, uh, and, and yeah, that was a very very poor choice of uh, marketing dumb. strategy. Um, very uh, so, um, but even so, they just we don't have those rivalries. And Super Rugby sides have been around for what twenty five years? Is it now? Ninety um, six. Ninety six. 24 years. So um, these sides have been around long enough to create rivalries. Yeah, um, they they should have created. They should have happened by now. Yeah, as um, Hayden's just alluded to, Crusaders, Highlanders be the only one. Totally, there agree. is yep. there is there is a yeah. Well, more, well, more well, from well, the Highlanders well, side, well, I feel, but yeah. Uh, well, yeah, there's, there's kind of a little boy. Uh, so yeah, the underdog Highlanders thing. The little but, brother, little brother. Um, that's right, rather than the little boy. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, and, and also lions, lions. <laughs> uh, you also have lions, bulls, uh, and stuff like that over in South Africa. But those are they're the very, they're, their their sides are very closely tied to their provinces. Uh, and you also have um, 
the I mean Tars Brumbies is, is quite a good one, uh, and also Tars oh, Tars Reds and Tars Reds as well. But um, the, the only problem with the Tars Reds is that they're so focused on beating each other up that they forget <laughs> to play rugby. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, um, like Christian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, so sorry, uh, yes, yeah, sorry about technical issues, folks. Um, uh, so yeah, the, the, there are some, but they're not, they're not as well, they're not as ingrained as uh, as, as we've seen it. Um, we've had technical issues, but we've soldiered on through a full show. So, um, Arshwin, thank you very much for putting us up and um, and for the beers. Um, Spates, if you'd like to uh, send the money to the check in the post, much appreciated. Uh, and, um, and thank you very much, Steve. No, not a problem. Always a privilege and a pleasure. And uh, the biggest thing of all, thank you very much for watching uh, and for listening and, uh, hanging around. Has, and hanging around. It's been an absolute pleasure having you with us tonight. I'll be back tomorrow night. Home will be hosting the All Blacks edition. Um, so I think I'll be back, and uh, one, of, one or two of these guys will also be. Um, so, uh, so join us for that on the uh, All Blacks edition uh, show. And um, yeah, we'll. Oh, just so you know, this the, the season may be over, but our season isn't. This show will go on, uh, and we are looking at trying to actually even do a couple of recorded shows for new, for Christmas and New Year uh, to push it on straight through every week at eight pm Tuesday time. So do uh, check in. Anything else, boys? That's it. That's it. Bye. See you guys. Oh, don't forget to go on Patreon. <laughs>